Welcome to the latest episode of Time Added On. Uh, we're back to winning ways in the league after another fantastic result for Forest. Forest leave it late at the den for three points. We're um, we're going to pick up on all the action from the weekend and talk about the transfer window as well. The transfer speculation is in full swing. An- another day, a new name, uh, a new player being linked with Forest, and it's East Midlands Derby week as well. So there's plenty to discuss from a Derby point of view. But first off, Tom, how are you? Yeah, well, good. I enjoyed my, I was going to say, my trip to London. I live here. Yeah, you just swung by the den at the weekend. Yeah, yeah, I know. And what, it was a last-minute last minute decision as well. And it's a good last-minute decision I made to to, to travel. Uh, yeah, it's been a nice week to live in London. After we spoke about the Arsenal game and the Millwall game as well now. So, um, yeah, I know. It's been a good, good how week. How were the scenes and the sights of the den? Did you... Uh... Did you did you take in much of the uh, the area London Bridge? I presume beforehand of everyone else. Yeah, yeah, obviously, um, pretty much around uh, around London Bridge, and uh, we had a few beers in the George, um, where where a lot of the the Forest fans had, had set themselves as well, and then yeah, took took ourselves over to Millwall to to watch was a uh, obviously a, a great great final minute uh, victory. So um, yeah, no to the final minute. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, it was a, it was a cracking day up. <clears throat> right, we've got plenty to talk about. As I say, we've got the match itself, transfer speculation. I'm sure we'll we'll spend quite a bit of time talking about Derby and obviously Derby weekend ahead. So let's crack on. Millwall away, as we said. Um, Forest <clears throat> were undoubtedly buzzing after the win last weekend against Arsenal in the cup. Uh, I'm sure they couldn't wait to get back out there to play. Probably a bit of a come down, come coming back down to earth, going to the den. Slightly different to to uh, to, to what they used to. Um, you know, you're going to get at the den, don't you? It's always a tough trip. It's uh, it's abrasive. It's in your face. And uh, Gary Rowett's shit trainers making appearances as well. Yeah, I mean, everyone was chanting that. I had to to cast my eye over to Steve Cooper. I thought I was wearing exactly the same trainers, but obviously, you know, Can't still say that. still Not the running joke, still the run. running joke. But um, yeah, you know, it was obviously going to be a, a very different challenge to um, to to what Forest faced the week before, which was obviously a nice cup tie home to to Arsenal. Who you know, Premier League side Arsenal, obviously tough tough opposition, but obviously play. Play some lovely football, um, and Arsenal weren't on it on, on the day. Obviously, and, and Forest had a had a, what was a great evening um, to get through to the next round. So Millwall could easily have been a banana skin in terms of you know being um, someone who was going to get in in Forest Forest faces and mm. uh, make it difficult for him after being on cloud nine after last week. Yeah, we said on the pod last week, didn't we? You know exactly what you're going to get with Millwall. They are your kind of standard. I mean, I was going to say standard, stereotypical championship side, but obviously we have been in this championship now a long, long, long time. So we should be a bit careful about how we point fingers at teams. But do you know what I mean? They're, they're, they're a dogged side, aren't they? They know how to win. They've definitely got a, a, you know, they've got plenty of know-how about them as well as obviously some some youth uh, within their ranks. And it, it's a horrible place to go. It was a very different test. Obviously, Forrest came up against a, a, you know, a good Arsenal, really good Arsenal side last weekend. This, this, and that, and you know, that was about matching Arsenal, probably getting in their faces a little bit, and and and, and playing at the right time and taking the game to Arsenal. And, you know, really focusing on our strengths. This time round, obviously, look, Steve Cooper only goes and, and only approaches games in one way, doesn't he? he Every game Forest go into, they believe they can win. They believe they're going to win. <clears throat> but the way, obviously, that you know Forest might have approached this one would have been different. They would, they would have known that they need to 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 stand up and be countered as always. But you know, at the same time, they need to impose their game on on Millwall, didn't they? And and look, we talked about Steve Cooper there and how he how he's changed the mentality of the Forest players. He didn't disappoint, did he? He always sets up to win. He focuses on the forest strengths, and interestingly, on on Saturday we speculated whether this would be the case. Um, but he went. He started with Graben and Davis up top from the very off. I mean, how did they do? How did you rate the overall performance, Tom? You were there. Um, what, what did you make of that in terms of the uh, the starting eleven? 
Yeah, I think you know, obviously the the surprise with the shape keeping the shape was was always likely, um, and and you know it's a shape that's worked well for Forest over well since since Steve Cooper joined the season, um, but but the the surprise obviously yeah was the the combination of both Graben and and Keenan Davis starting the match. Um, I mean, I thought Keenan Davis had had a very good game. Um, I thought Graben obviously did really well again, um, doing what he does. Um, personally, I, I, I felt, you know, it was a weird, weird combination. I felt Forrest lacked that that bit of width and, you know, that extra, you know, midfield man in terms of, um, you know, the movement and, um, you know, kind of what, what someone like Zinconagel can maybe offer, although he's really frustrating, offers something to, to Forrest, which may be uh, having two, you know, strikers, if you like, um, playing in the same team. It obviously offers something very different, but obviously what, what Cooper wants is a midfield three, which is flexible, and whether that's a, a striker as such, and obviously grabbing kind of coming in a bit shorter at times, and Keegan Davies, you know, dribbling out from from out wide or whatever it is he wants that flexibility for them to kind of move about and have that freedom of space up front so I did like their individual performances whether it you know kind of worked as a package I'm not 100% sure myself but you know you can't argue Keenan Davies you know the amount of dribbling runs he made in the game was was tremendous and grabbing obviously getting the winning goal doing what, what he does. So they still had great individual performances. It's just whether at times, especially in the first half, where I felt, you know, in the first half an hour, at least when Millwall were on top, mm. Forrest kind of struggled to get hold of the ball a bit more. So someone else, you know, who, who's got that experience of being a, being a, more of an attacking midfielder might have might have helped. But, you know, overall, you know, the, the ambition from Cooper to start with two strikers. And the one thing I did like was Keenan Davies. Uh, there was a lot of debate on whether to start grabbing or Keenan Davies before the match. And, you know, you were thinking, well, you kind of want Keenan Davies because it's more of, it's going to be more of a battling performance that Forrest are probably going to have to do in this game. Um, a bit more of a war, if you like, against Millwall. Uh, but obviously you didn't want to lose the informed clinical nature of, of Lewis Graben, especially in the confident vein of form that he's in right now. So maybe that was Steve Cooper's thinking. He thought, you know what, sod it. Why, why either or? Play, well, play both. And Graben going back to his old club as well. Every time he got the ball, got jeered. It was, um, it was also a difficult call, wasn't it? It was, you know, you hit the nail on the head there. Keenan Davis played really, really well on debut last week against Arsenal. We, we said last week on the pod, almost instantly, you could see the impact he's had on, on the team and, and really, really impressed with the attributes that he bought. Saying that, obviously, Graben came on last week, just does, you know, you said it there, he just does what he does. And, you know, I, I often bang on in this podcast a lot about how he's underappreciated, but he's just, he, he's there. He just knows where the goal is. He's got an eye for a goal. And it was going to be a difficult call, you know, to, to leave one of them out. The type of game that Millwall was going to be, you could make a, an argument for both. It was brave, you know, but it's great that Forrest have got those options now, Tom, isn't it? Yeah, you know, we've talked a lot about Forrest in the past, but for many, many years now, Forrest don't play two up top. They play one up top and, and you know, two wide men, two wide men off them. It, it, it's now, he's got those options, it, you know, even before this weekend, he's technically gone two up top and played Johnson as that, you know, he's played Johnson as that second striker at times alongside Graben. So he's definitely shown... Cooper has shown traits that, you know, he wants to play two. He wants that option. It might not always be two out-and-out strikers. It might be a striker and a forward player playing as those two direct strikers. He's got options, um, as you're saying. I think it's quite exciting. We'll come on to talk about the type of players that they're being linked with in the January window. But he wants more, doesn't he? I think that's that's crucial. I think you know, Forrest has done really well for the first half of the season or you know the vast majority of the first half of the season they've done well in terms of the the, the, the forwards have been consistent you know they, they've probably at times not taken too many or or enough of the chances that have come their way but you can see now he's demanding more he wants more he, he wants more fire, firepower and if Forrest can continue to the way they are and continue to grow those options it's going to be uh, it's going to be a brilliant second half of the season you would hope because as you said there, there's lots of people, Tom, who were talking about Keenan Davis at the weekend. He said he was their man of the match, was his performance. You know, it was uh, 
another really strong outing from him, wasn't it? Oh yeah, definitely, and he, he got himself about. You know, the, the the thing that he does really well is he's he's very much always wants the ball. He's willing to get it in in any way that that his team needs it to be, whether it's short or or long. He's willing to do that, and I think the thing that has surprised most people is for someone who I think probably has been built up to be a target man and someone very different to Lewis Grabbing and someone who you just do get the ball up long to or you know is is big and you know can get his head onto things. The one thing he actually does very well is he picks the ball up and his first force is to just run forward with it and uh, pick up the ball and dribble with it and run out defenders and, and cause issues. And what that does is someone of his of his stature as well, he might pull in one, maybe even two defenders because they can't deal with him. And that takes two defenders out of the game, which frees up space for, for other people. So he causes a problem that maybe people didn't expect him to, to cause, mm. whilst also being a huge benefit to probably the other players around him as well. So that's the front two. Look, in this one, Forrest, they struggled to get going, didn't they? Steve Cooper said so after the match, he, he probably weren't at the races. Uh, they probably weren't at the races as quickly as they would like. So it took them a while to get to grips with, with the contest and the battle. Obviously, a phobia having a really good chance to see Tom two, two or three minutes in where he, he skinned War on the byline. And again, another player who physical, direct, strong on the ball. You know, that, that the forest wall, if you like, as we've come to call them, they knew they were going to have to be on their, their guard against, you know, a, a, a championship savvy Millwall front line. Um, but it was, you know, Yates arguably with the best chance of the first half um, for both sides. I, unlucky, wasn't he? Just to, just to, you know, either side of the goalkeeper, and that's one nil Forest. And so that first half, Forest weren't at it, but you know they stood up to the challenge, and, and it was just about biding their their time, wasn't it? And, and taking their chance when it came. And unfortunately, a good save, but really good opportunity for Forest to get on the score sheet later in the second half, in the first half. Sorry. Yeah, sometimes the occasion when you go to Millwall, it can can cause problems, especially immediately in the game when when they're wanting to come at you and, and you know cause problems themselves. And you know the crowd, obviously, it's a hostile place to go. Forest started off quiet. Um, it wasn't probably the quick start, quick quick start, and uh, you know they didn't quite pick off maybe how their performance was the previous week against Arsenal. It did take them a bit of time to get into it, and kind of in, in some respects. Um, going in, going towards the end of the first half, thinking let's just get in and and dust ourselves off. Because you always know with this Forest team that if you can get to half time, if the, if they're not doing great within the first forty five minutes, you know that they probably will come out much stronger in the second. But yeah, like you say, I think you know Yates did did have a chance. It was it was a good opportunity. Um, they themselves, I think you know Samba. You have to say had had a great game, you know. Oh, uh, Especially second half, we'll come on to talk about that in a minute. But just brilliant. I mean, yeah, superb. Yeah, great, great performance all around from him. And um, you know, I just think Forest. The thing that they struggled with was to to get going and and keep the ball for long periods. You know, what they're quite good is is breaking at teams and using their pace. They just weren't able to to do that for whatever reason. And they just struggled to find that that killer ball, maybe to do with the fact that it was a different shape. And obviously having Keenan Davis and Lewis Grabber, maybe that, you know, caught them caught themselves off guard in some respects. But, you know, like I said, you do know that once you you get to half time, you know that Forrest can come out in a very different manner. And and that's exactly what they did. Sign of a good good side though, Tom, that in terms of you can't play well every week, you're not going to play well every week in the championship and you're not going to play, you know, you're probably not going to play well for 90 minutes and or, or at least have it all your own way in the championship. There's not many games like that. Even when you play bottom of the league, that you don't play well and, and dominate games for 90 minutes in the championship. So, I mean, that that's par for course, isn't it, in terms of you need to stay in the games when, when the opposition are on top and you're not quite hitting your strides and you're not in your rhythm. That that's what what Forest need to be able to do is, is stay in the games and, and and pick sides off late on with the qualities that Forest possess. Um, that back three and the goalkeeper that, that Forest have in place now they're kind of primed. And, it, and it's not just those it's not just those four individuals that we talk about. Forest defend really well as a team. You know, let's not take anything away. The the, the midfield duo work really really hard. The, the the wing backs get up and down and and attack as well as they defend as well. But you need to be solid, don't you? And 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 
again, if Forest can continue to to if you're solid, you give yourself a chance every game, don't you? Because you only need you know what a, this is a prime example, isn't it? This game of, of what can happen if you set up in the right way. And it's not being negative, is it? It's not you know being solid when you need to be solid. Is not about being negative. It's about being smart and and having the right mentality. And I've t- you know, we talk about mentality all the time, but it, it, it's 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 you know you need to be able to be smart about it to get out of the championship, don't you? Yeah, I think, you know, Forrest have, have got themselves a really solid three. We spoke about it before, you know, now Steve Cookson and Joe Warrell and Scott McKenna are certainly very solid. And obviously, even at, at fullback, even though Jed Spence is good attacking, he's, he's been very good defensively for Forrest and so is Jack, Jack Colback when he's been filling in there, Max Lowe when he's, when he's back. So, um, you know, the one thing they do have is a good defence. They they rode their luck at times. I didn't feel, feel Millwall... Um, were probably as good as they should be. It probably shown me in, in that game why I don't really expect them to them themselves to challenge for top six because for all the good football that they play at times, the problem they've got is that that quality in the final third. And for all their football, you know they did cause problems problems for Forest in terms of um, you know a couple of opportunities, but um, throughout the whole game. But um, you know they they probably didn't do enough for the amount of the ball that they had within the first half hour. Forest, the one thing Forest are good at away from home is picking picking their opportunities and you know staying in the game. And if you can just you know take your opportunities when you've got when you're going through those phases of the game, which in the championship you will you will always have opportunities because everyone is pretty equal. Um, that is the one thing Forrest are good at and they can rely on 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 their opportunities at this moment in time as well when they're in form. Um, but yeah, as long, as long as you're solid, especially in a game like against Millwall, you'll always have a fighting chance. If you keep a clean sheet at the den, you know, you know that's a good job already. Um, so, you know, if you get an opportunity with the players that Forrest have up front, you, you know that you can, you can win the game and take the three points. Forrest, different side, second half, obviously they came out to, to that end and, and really went for it, didn't they? It was, a, it was a really good second half, Tom, wasn't it? Lots of end-to-end chances, especially in that last 10, 15 minutes. It was a, a proper game of tennis in terms of both sides going at it, going for the three points. You know, we had, some, we had a number of great chances. 24 shots on target. Oh, sorry, not on target. 24 shots on goal. 24 shots on target. It, could have been, it would have been a different scoreline. But 24 shots uh, in total. Forrest really, really went for it. Some really good chances. Grab him with a really smart flick, great save. Thought that was going to edge into the bottom corner. Um, Zinkanagel come, comes on, you know, that sub that we talked about makes the change. And Steve Cooper, interestingly, he, he said in his interview, didn't he, afterwards, it, it, we don't call them subs, we call them finishers. That's the type of squad that, that, that Steve Cooper wants to build. And there was just some, you know, from that moment onwards, the, the change of shape. And, and Zinkanagel really got into the game, didn't he, and, and started to become a driving force towards that latter part of the second half. Grabbing again, great header. Yates over the bar. You just got that deja vu, didn't you? You got that feeling about, you know, Huddersfield a few weeks ago where Forrest absolutely battered. I was back to Huddersfield fan today, actually. And and, and he was he, he couldn't believe that uh, Huddersfield got away from the city ground that night with, with three points. It, it, it almost felt similar, didn't it, to that, Tom, that there's just so many chances Forrest were... We're knocking on the door. You just thought it was a matter of time, and it just you worried whether it was going to come. Yeah, I mean the opportunities were there. Um, you know, Forest were much better. They were much faster. They were. They, you know, they came out the blocks. Um, they were picking out opportunities. There was one moment um, in the game where I think you know a cross had come in, header. Well, almost had a uh, kind of should have should have got ahead on it if not and if he did didn't go anywhere towards the goal in the end but you know that was a close opportunity and then Forrest is pinballing it around their box and you're just thinking you know and then they come out come out with that with, with nothing and you're just thinking yeah you, you know you're thinking this is like Huddersfield at home all over again um, you know because they, they did have opportunities I mean we spoke about Millwall having the ball and not creating much Forrest were you know, had opportunities within the in the second half to to make the break, and they just couldn't. And um, you did just feel, you know, as for all of you know the positivity around the Arsenal win, you did think was this bit of Huddersfield again? 
Oh yeah, but the, the, but you, you know, let's talk about the uh, the um the Millwall chances because I mean you talked about uh, Samba didn't we a couple of minutes ago? I mean, how has he saved it? How has he saved the free kick that looks like it's about to creep into the bottom corner and just make makes an unbelievable save and then and then forces another good save diving away to his right. Not long after that, as well, just in inspired form. I mean. There was, there was the one as well. I mean, the, the confidence of Bryce Samba at the minute is, is, is unreal. There's a couple of times on, on camera last week against Arsenal where Ali McCoy was marvelling at his, his, his one-hand pickups out of thin air. Well, there was the one on Saturday where the ball comes over. It looks like he's going over his, his head, doesn't it? Sticks his hand out as cool as you like on the goal line and, and catches it one-handed and away he goes. It's just he, He's just oozing confidence at the minute, Samba, and quite rightly so. Yeah, he's he's a he's a man in form. You know, he's a man inspired. He, uh, you know, the amount of chances that he, he kept out on on Saturday, um, you know, very much. Even though I thought there were some good performers all around for Forest, and usually if you're giving the man of the match to to a goalkeeper, it means that you've rode your luck. I don't think Forest rode their luck in terms of the the end result. I think Forest edged it and, and deserved the win. Um, but in terms of you know the chances he he kept out and the saves, a couple of saves he had to make. I think we're, we're great saves. And I think um, at this moment in time, if he can keep in, in that same form until the end of the season, I mean, Forest have themselves one of the informed, better goalkeepers in the league, which is always a, always a huge help. Um, yeah, there was a debate on Twitter yesterday about whether Samba was the best keeper in the league and I'm not going to entertain that conversation. We'll save that one for another day, Tom. But yeah, certainly, as you said, you know, you, you put him behind those three centre-halves, which, you know, we can talk all day long about how good they are as well. And, and, and Forest are well set, and it allows those you know creative players in front of it. it gives them the platform to be able to go and do their thing, doesn't it? And, and, and we've seen it in the past when you've got a goalkeeper who's not in form and susceptible to an error, etc. It, it doesn't just affect the goalkeeper; it flows throughout the team, and and almost his confidence and the way he is as well. We, see, we saw him at the end with with Steve Cooper, um, and he's a big character in that dressing room. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. For I mean, he, he epitomizes uh, calmness, I think. Um, and um, you know, we, we speak about the the three centre backs that Forest now have, but you know, Samba's still having to make these saves. That's not me criticizing the three centre backs, but at the end of the day, your goalkeeper has to match the quality of your centre backs. Otherwise, you know, they're not confident. They're constantly having to make decisions because they're thinking their goalkeeper is not good enough, which leaves them out of position or doing things that they wouldn't usually do and making a erratic decisions same for the goalkeeper he probably now feels not not anything against Figueredo but feels you know the centre-back three has got even stronger so that makes him feel a bit more confident that he can kind of do his thing and knows that you know those three centre-backs will maybe at times help him get out of jail if, if something goes wrong as well so you know that confidence between the you know the, the centre-backs whether it's two or three and the goalkeeper makes such a huge difference because without that you know, decisions and, and you know, um, mistakes are made from, from all parties. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, you know, it's great. And um, it, his performance was was superb. We talk about Forrest being able to be a little bit streetwise in the first half and, 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 and maybe see it out when they're not performing to the standard. Millwall, on the other hand, uh, were anything but streetwise towards the end of that game, wasn't they? In terms of uh, having a throw on their left-hand side and, and just, Throwing the ball straight to Forrest. Forrest then obviously counter and, and do what Forrest do. Brennan Johnson going on, on an unbelievable, mazy run before the weight of the pass, dinking it through the weight of the passes in Canaga, who then tries to obviously loft it over the keeper and keep him really unlucky, gets a hand to it, but grabbing on hand to poke it home, 91st minute. Um, I mean, look, you're in the away end. You, you tell me. I mean, it, it looks crazy in terms of the the... the the limbs, if you like, when that goal goes in, but I can only imagine uh, what it was like. Calm, nothing happens. <laughs> there, is, there is, if you watch one of the videos on, uh, if you watch the highlights, it does. It, it pans. It all, there must be a camera at the back of the stand, which is then obviously like looking down on the Forest fans as they are going absolutely mental. And there is one guy just to the left of the camera who's just sat there thinking, looks like he's at Lords. Clapping like he's at the cricket. If you haven't seen it, it's brilliant. But everyone else seems to be losing their shit. Yeah, it was quite nice for me. I was stood right at the back as well. So it was quite a nice, 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was me. I was like, yeah, okay, here we are. I'm used to it now. Used to it. No, I mean, yeah, no, it went, it went insane, obviously. And I think, you know, it's the run by by Johnson again, who, who by his standards probably had slightly more frustrating. Frustra- I think actually the right-hand side, not to be a critic because they've been brilliant all season, but the right-hand side probably was slightly targeted by Millwall given, you know, the you know the performances against Arsenal and throughout the whole season. That was probably very tactical by, by Millwall. And, and in some respects, maybe why Forrest was slightly quieter in the first half and had to find other ways to... To you know, break break them and, and to kind of get their foothold in the game. Um, but it's it's his run, it's his run that that does break Millwall apart in terms of um, that going from that throw in and quickly changing the momentum to Forest, finding finding Zinconago who who when I you know it looks different on on uh, on the TV when I when I was watching it from the from the away end, I was pretty sure he his dink was. A little cleaner, and it was going straight in for the corner, and grabbing Carney just slides in. That's how I remembered it. But um, obviously, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was it was still a good it was still a good chip, but obviously the keeper gets a slight touch on it, and it's a race between the defender and, and grabbing who and grabbing makes sure that that's that's not a problem and that's in. So I mean, still you know almost 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 the way, but um, you know, and and if in some respects all those incanables. Uh, coolness and calmness to, to chip it and the decision making there to do that which was definitely the right thing to do but in that moment in the championship can easily be fluffed um, in a way I was even happier that it was grabbing that, that got the final touch purely and simply because of the amount of stick that you're taking throughout the whole match um, and it also the, um, on that have you heard the Millwall that might be BBC London. Have you heard the commentary of the goal from their end as well? It, that is brilliant as well, where the commentator just goes one nil Forest, and it had to be him, did it? <laughs> the hatred for, for Lewis Graham. I never realised how much they hated him. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, they might have stick he was taking for the day, but I mean, obviously, he's in form and to keep keep a striker in form going into uh, a big run of games. I know we say every week all the run of games coming up Forest now till the end of the seasons. Uh, a big run of games, but you know, to keep him in form is, is so important. And um, he would have liked that goal more than anyone. So, you know, for for all of Zink and Argyle's work and Brennan's work as well, I was was very happy. It was it was Lewis Graben that got it. Deserve three points. I think it was. I think it was a deserve three points in the end. I think. Look, it was a it was a game of two halves. I think um, Millwall. Did dominate the first half. You can't deny that. But for all of all of their domination, for, for a majority of the half, they didn't do as much as Forrest did when they dominated the second half. Um, you know, if, even if you read Millwall's comments, they they feel like they dominated and you know didn't take the opportunities. But actually, Forrest came out in that second half far far stronger. Um, and and they didn't realise how you know they don't know how how we didn't score before that point. So I think you know Forest did deserve it. I think the way that they managed the the away game um, at Millwall, I think they deserved it for that. Yeah, I thought it was it was very well deserved three points. And the first I heard from you, well, other than going losing it on uh, on the WhatsApp message you were sending me throughout the the game, but also obviously towards the end there was the Steve Cooper your video of the uh, the Steve Cooper fist bump, which was obviously on really down really well as well on our socials. Um, I, 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 just the bond. They, they just, we say it every week and we, we, we shouldn't get too carried away. This is Nottingham Forest that we're talking about and, and football. But there's something special there, isn't there, at the minute in terms of the bond between manager, players, supporters. Um, again, I mean, look, I'd have loved to have been in that away end on, on, on Saturday and, and after a last-minute winner, players coming down towards the fans, but just, just the, the love for, for the appreciation of, from, I think from both sides as well, I think there was definitely something there from the players and the managers wasn't there in terms of the respect for what was another huge, huge away following. And I think sometimes it's easy to take that to granted, but yes, it was a Saturday. Yes, it was a three o'clock kickoff. It's still a long way South London. Um, and to get, and it's not a nice place. Not, you know, we, we dress it up. It's not the best place to go to the den. Um, but, it's an amazing following again. And I think Forrest, we, we, we perhaps sometimes take that for granted, but there is something special building there in terms of the bond, isn't there? 
Yeah, someone you know messaged on that on, on that video and said it's the little things. Isn't it? It's true, you know. It's um, it's can be quite easy, you know. We've had managers that don't have that relationship with the fans. You kind of, you know, you can feel that, you know, on the match day. It's just kind of, you know, just another another match day, and there isn't that, you know, maybe close close tight knit bond with with the team as a result. You know, um, I think someone was, you know, speaking to me. Um, on Saturday and was saying in, in some respects you know the the feeling and the the, the bond with the team and, and the manager this is going to sound weird now in, in hindsight but feels as close as it was when or if not better in, in some respects than when Billy Billy Davies was was in charge and obviously he was kind of a cheerleader on the on the touchline and and got the fans going um, but we we agreed that it yeah it has that similar feel in some respects just without all the mentalness maybe <laughs> uh, uh, at this point anyway maybe point, maybe yeah, Steve on, Cooper will turn. Caveat a minute ago, this is Nottingham Forest. Was yeah. But but uh, yeah, you know without the without the chaos and um, I think my, my favourite thing is not just as well quite visibly how how much the fans love it and. Um, you know, not only did we get three fist bumps, we got we got a bonus one just as he turned around as he walked away as well. Forest time, I didn't show the bonus the bonus fist bump that he did, but my video does so. Uh, that's better better journalism from me. But um, but um, you can quite visibly see how much the players love it as well. Whether you know they're they're laughing about it or they're actually eagerly wanting him to go and do it, they love it and they know that it's because. You know the the fans and and them coming together. It's kind of that one thing at the end of the match when everyone's on a high that that everyone can get behind. You know, Samba kind of pushing him to get a move on and get, you know get it get it done. And you know, Ryan Yates and Worrell and Jed Spence, whoever it is, you know, they're all there kind of loving life when he's doing it. So <laughs> it's um, it's great, you know. And although it seems like such a small thing, it's quite a big thing in terms of the occasion and and the wider club as well and you know fans getting behind the the you know the team and and this whole set of of staff as well so yeah it's um it's a, it's a great thing to have fingers crossed we'll see a, a steve cooper fist bump on saturday and um, we talked about it didn't we before the game we talked about it when we had a quick catch up after the game felt like a big in this one um every game's big in the championship but given the fact forest you know were, were off the back of a win against Arsenal the cup They'd lost the last two league games. Um, and with results around Forest, you know, going for those teams that are in the chasing pack as well. Um, Bar Chef United, arguably they're a little bit further back now. But it, it, you've got to keep in. I mean, Steve Cooper talks about not paying too much attention to the league table at the minute and just keep chipping away and knocking off the points. But it felt big because Forest, you didn't want that run to you know go any further, did they? Uh, and it's not a run. We, we said last week it was it was two defeats and they didn't deserve one of them. Um, but they needed to quash that and they did it in the right manner. They approached it in the right way. It felt like a really big weekend. It felt like a big weekend because it was, you know, also just trying to ensure that they, they remained in touching distance. I think psychologically, uh, whether it be players, manager or whether it's just the fans, you know, at this moment in time, everyone is is very much together. But as soon as you start losing ground that that becomes a tougher ask um, especially as the games run out so Forest you know looking at the table now let's say Forest lost they would have been on on 34 um, and 6 is 42 so that that's then a, an 8 gap difference which feels significant yeah it's only 3 points on top so it's 5 points feels feels much nicer you know and, and means that they go into the next few games still very much looking for the other teams around us drop them and they are two points you know it you know one game you know another game and it's it becomes two points the game after that becomes you know forest forester in there potentially all right season's over call, call it call it off covid new variant but um yeah it just it felt big from that perspective and it's now a four gap uh four point gap sorry between them and the team behind them which is Millwall 
Um, so it just felt significant from from that respect. It might seem small in in the, in the, in the long term. It might not make make a huge difference, but also in the long term, it could make a, a major difference. And the amount of points that Forest can pick up away from home is only a bonus when they're also trying to ensure they get maximum points at home. So, and and we've also said that January was important. Um, in January, it, just in terms of the the run of games that they had and the quality of the opposition that they've got, trying to maximise the points. So another difficult away game, but it's maximum points that they've got, and that that you know all all goes towards what will hopefully be a successful challenge for that top six. And you've teed it up an absolute treat. Now let's move on. Let, let, let's leave Millwall. Let's let's put a put pin in Millwall and move on and talk about January. January is obviously important for another reason: transfer deadline, uh, transfer window rather. Um, midway through, we are literally midway through. Two weeks today. Um, the transfer window will be slammed shut. Forest obviously does really good early business, but obviously seemingly are very, very active um, from both an incoming and an outgoing perspective, potentially. Um, we'll cover the transfer window, obviously, in greater detail once it's closed, and we can obviously summarise the business that Forest has done. But let's just rattle through a, a few of the names that are being linked to Forest, and we'll just do a quick, a quick fire Five minutes, Tom, in terms of the January transfer window update. Um, Jed Wallace, you didn't bring him back from the the den, did you? Obviously, Jed Wallace appears to be close. Uh, fee apparently agreed of, of two million pounds for a player who's out of contract in six months. We, we've we've fleetingly talked about Jed Wallace on the pod, but what would Jed Wallace bring to Forest? Twenty seven years of age. Um, I mean, outstanding player, proven Championship player. Um, surprise it's taken this long for him to potentially leave me. Look, the deal's not done yet. We could still be pipped at the post. There's, there's a number of uh, clubs interested, but it does appear he's aging closer to Forest. But, um, I mean, what would he bring to Forest? Well, I mean, I'm not 100% sure. I'm not as confident as you that, that he is going to sign. I think it would have been done by now, but that's a different conversation. But we'll edit this out with those tits. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's just, you know, simply, he, you know, a similar mould of player, I suppose, to, to Joe Lolly, but just without all the significant, I mean, I'm saying this as, as he's coming back from injury, but without all the significant um, injury problems, you know, his goal contributions, whether it be goals and assists, he gets, you know, usually uh, close to double figures, if not double figures um, each season. So he's a reliable option, albeit, you know, he's not, you know, young and up and coming. He's still only 27 now, so still many years left in the tank. Um, but, you know, he, he offers a reliability, I suppose. He's someone that Forrest must see as someone who can help them get over the line in the short term. Um, whilst also offering, you know, we all know that they're wanting a younger team, maybe he offers an option uh, that is that reliability and away from just, you know, the pace that we've now got within the team. He, he offers a kind of different option that maybe, unfortunately, just due to Joe Lolly being injured as, as much as he has been in recent times, which is an awful shame because of how well he has done when, when he has been informed for Forest. Um, you know, he offers that that different kind of option that maybe we don't have with the likes of Martin and Brennan Johnson and maybe some of the other players that we're being linked with. So um, I think it would be a very shrewd signing and someone who's obviously coming out of contract at the end of the season. Um, it's just whether there's a deal that can be done and Forrest not being mugged off. I think mm. the, now there is a maximum point that you would go to before you, regardless of how good Jeb Wallace has been, before you go, you know, that that was a daft, daft deal to be done. But hopefully, you know, there is a deal there to be done that is sensible for everyone around. Well, fingers crossed. Look, they're definitely targeted. It, it feels like, you know, a left wing back potentially another area that we'll come on to in a minute. But other than that, it very the, the the focus appears to be very much on the, the 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 top of the pitch, isn't it? In terms of strikers, forwards, old school wingers, if you like. So Wallace being one that's been linked. Josh Bowler, another one from Blackpool, um, winger, you know, there who again another one who's out of contract in the summer. Blackpool have a a 12-month uh, extension clause in the contract, so they might take that up. But another player who's been linked with a million-pound move, um, there's Paul McCaru, who's been someone who's linked with us in the summer, uh, forwards who, who can play either as a winger or as a striker. Uh, again, 22, 23 years of age. 
good pace, um, would fit the mould that Forrest are after. And a new one that, that, that's that been linked with Forrest this evening, that's kind of come out of the blue from nowhere, is Josh Caroma from Huddersfield, linked with a £2 million move. Um, another player, again, who can play either on the wing or up top. So there's a type, Tom, that Forrest are targeting. Well, Paul Makaru and, and um, you know, Josh Caroma, uh, definitely similar types. Similar moulds, um, you know, two very pacey players who can play up top as well as out wide. So, um, you know, gives that option for them to to mix things up and move them about, you know, within the free, within the game. Um, Josh Bowler, slightly different, you know, maybe more of a, I've heard people putting him in kind of the Grealish, Grealish mould, not obviously quality wise at this moment in time, but, you know, similar player in terms of maybe not all pace, but definitely, um Definitely attracts in in defenders and you know wins free kicks and likes to dribble and you know takes takes players on. Um, so you know in terms of the the positions that they play, yeah, yeah, very similar. Um, they're definitely like you've said there. They they want more options in attack, which I totally get because at this moment in time, really you've got Brennan Johnson and and, and Zinchenko as, as reliable options. Lolly out injured, uh, Martin currently out injured, and you know maybe. There's a thought of him getting first team football somewhere else on loan. Who knows? But you know, definitely, maybe lack some options in terms of the width. Obviously, there's Andy Silver, but you know, where far I see him, we'll, we'll see. I suppose probably by the end of the window. But you know, they certainly want to change things up, and I, they are right. I mean, Forest have been needing more options out wide, regardless of the formation that they play. Free, whether it's really wide players or just two other attackers of that mould have been needing that for, for years, you know. Um, so so to have different options, I think, will definitely suit Forrest, um, regardless of, of potential departures. They need one or two two additions within that area, that's for sure. And the other area of the pitch that we've just mentioned there, that Forrest will potentially target, you would think, is that left wing-back position. See Max Lowe due to come back from injury, but as good as Jack Colback's been, as we talked about on the pod now for a number of weeks... You would want to see him back in the centre of the park doing his thing there and Forrest having adequate cover um, on the left-hand side of defence. Chances of Forrest nipping down the A52 and nicking uh, Buchanan in a cut-price deal now? Sounds like there's a bit of a fire sale going on at Derby. Yeah, I mean, if they can get him for 30k, then uh, everyone's happy, aren't they? Um, I mean... I don't know if there's a clause at that club that says just don't sell anyone to Forest, but happily do a 30k deal with with Wigan for for someone and, and everyone's everyone's happy. But <laughs> it's mad, isn't it? I mean, look, yeah. we'll talk about Derby in a minute, but you would think Forest would have been straight in with that with that bid on Sunday morning. Um, and if if it's a rumoured fee of you know Forest being in there in the summer and and have already been back in January with a one and a half million pound, two million pound bid for for Lou Buchanan. Given the state that Derby find themselves in, that would surely be difficult. We're not the only ones interested, let's just say that. Obviously, Premier League clubs have been interested in Lee Buchanan. Celtic and West Ham have been linked. Um, so, look, that's still going to be a tough deal to get over the line, but would obviously offer huge, well, ability from, from, from the off, but also a huge potential as well, really highly thought of. So, we'll keep an eye. I'm sure there'll be other targets in mind for that area of the pitch if that one doesn't transpire. But you'd think, Tom, they're the main folks, aren't they? The, the left wing-back position and the forward position. In terms of outgoings, look, we all know it's about keeping hold of Joe Worrell and Brennan Johnson. Brentford won't go away from a Brennan Johnson point of view. Rumoured Forest want 18. Brentford apparently up to 16, so edging closer. There's other people that suggest that Brennan Johnson won't be allowed to go anywhere until the summer because Forest see this as a great opportunity. Um Given the amount of targets that Forrest are you know, going after from a forward perspective, it's difficult that if, if if Brentford do get up to the 18 mil mark, that's a difficult offer for Forrest to turn down, isn't it? Even even given how good Johnson and where Forrest are in the league uh, for a player who's only got 18 months left on his contract. Yeah, I think this is a really, really difficult one. I think, uh, I think uh, personally, I want Forrest to have... Um, to, to sign two two attacking players anyway, two more. Um, whether that's just me being greedy, playing a bit of football manager, but you know, I just think more options up there 
would be would be brilliant. I'm maybe writing off maybe some of the other options that Forest have already, not just because not quality wise, but maybe just their circumstances unfortunately might not help Forest within the second half of the season. So I kind of want Forest to sign two two players anyway up there without Brennan Johnson um, potentially departing. You know the the eighteen million pounds now that's a, a, a very good price. The wider context is obviously he. He will only have 12 months left of his contract when it comes to the summer. So the the price that Forrest could attract is significantly lower. And you have to think about the kind of the wider situation of the club and can they reject that that amount of cash, regardless of whether they're close to financial fair play or, or not, just in terms of being being smart. You know, I'm, I'm look, I know this is a very different level of club and finances we're looking at, but I even look at PSG, regardless of the amount of money that they've got, to, to be able to turn down, what was it, 150, 180 million pounds for Kylian Mbappe, and then he leaves for free in the summer, I think is absolutely insane. And I know obviously the finances are different and the situation is different, but still it's about finding that fine line, I suppose, between having ambition, which is obviously Forrest want to keep him in the short term to potentially get into the playoffs and potentially get promoted this season, but also realising that maybe they could still get a very good deal for, for him and bring in other players that could still help Forrest get over that line. It's a really difficult situation. I mean, the concern would be is you you get rid of Brennan Johnson, who already is a significant part of the way that Forrest play. You look at the goal against Millwall on Saturday and it's his pace. And yeah, other players have pace, but you know he's been part of this Forest Academy and knows knows what the fans like and also has been playing as part of this team for this whole season and maybe someone else comes in and yeah they have the pace but maybe they don't slot in as easily straight away or you know we all know that regardless of, of how much we think certain signings can be guaranteed success that's not the way they work and Anthony Knockhart as an example from last season everyone thought it was going to be a guaranteed success story and, and just wasn't you know so there's no kind of um blueprint for success in, in that respect obviously there is a way to go about your business but there's no guarantee for success in the transfer market so it's a real tough decision for Forrest I personally would be trying to get over over 20 but but that that's difficult because you know Brentford aren't mugs and know that Forrest if they don't accept a bit of say 18 million pounds that that still becomes much lower so they don't have to go up to 20 so yeah it's a tough decision it's, it's one for for, for Forrest to certainly be be mulling over, I think they might have a, a tough decision to make by the end of the by the end of the window. I, I I can't see the only way this this deal works for me. I feel Brentford want to try and get him now because they will be worried that many other teams that might be far more attractive pro- propositions for for Brandon Johnson might come in in the summer, especially when he's slightly cheaper because there's only 12 months left in his contract. Um, There'll be clubs that saw that FA Cup win and thought, let's have him, especially at a cup price when he's only got 12 months left. So the only way this deal works for me in the short term, because we all think if if Forrest don't get promoted, he'll be gone in in the summer anyway, is if you were to sell Brennan Johnson to Brentford now, knowing that you've guaranteed Brentford that they will get Brennan Johnson and they've got the deal they want because they've got the player, but you get him back on loan for the remainder of the season. Mm-hmm. Now, whether Brentford would be interested in doing that, I don't know. And there'll be people that will listen to this and go, well, 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 you're cutting us short here because you're saying that you want to sell a player anyway that if we got promoted, he might want to stay. But Well, this is a, yeah, yeah. that is a good point, yeah. So it's a, it's a tough one. It's a tough one, you know, you're gambling... We don't know the price that Forrest could get in the summer with only 12 months left, but it would be significantly shorter. And it's whether Forrest, we don't know the finances within the club, you know, that's that's the difficult thing about us analysing it. It's whether the club feel that they could take significantly less cash um, and whether they feel that, that that Brennan is so important to get them to the playoffs and mm. potentially get promoted. It's, it's a tough one. I think all you've got to hope for as a fan, and it seems now that, that there is a plan, there's a plan in place in terms of what Dane Murphy has implemented in the recruitment uh, staff behind the scenes. If Forrest was to sell, you would hope that, that 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 they would have a suitable plan in place, which you know we may be seeing unfold before our very own eyes. Anyway, of the players that are being linked, but look, we'll, we'll, fingers crossed. Obviously, ideally, you know, we don't want to see Brandon Johnson leave the club. Certainly, 
in this transfer window. But um, yeah, I think you're right. I think Forest will have a difficult decision to make at some point in the next two weeks. But let's leave the January window there. I think there's going to be plenty to talk about anyway in the next couple of weeks as we edge closer to, to deadline day, as I say, two weeks today. Um, right, East Midlands derby. Um, I mean, where do we start with this one, Tom? It's uh, potentially the last East Midlands derby for a while. Um Derby are obviously, this is a Forest podcast, so we're not going to dwell on this for too long, but Derby are obviously in the midst of an ongoing battle with the EFL, which has certainly ramped up a lot over the last uh, few days, ever since Friday. Um, Derby were hoping to announce their preferred bidder for their takeover. The EFL have blocked it as ongoing discussions, obviously negotiations. and lawsuits come from Wickham and Middlesbrough. Um it's led to the EFL saying that Derby by the end of the month have got to showcase proof of funds that they could make it to the end of the season. And the fire sale at Derby has very much be- begun with players who were coming to the end of their short-term deals and are wait- waiting those-, those deals to be renewed have gone. So Jagielka already out the door, signed for Stoke. Graham Shiddy is obviously out the door, signed for Wigan for 30k. Um, it's a matter of who's next, you would think, for Derby. Um, I mean, it's an absolute shambles, isn't it, Tom, down there? And there's a lot of talk, I suppose, if you like, a lot of talk, a lot, lot, of, lot of presence on Twitter. I, I don't want to spend too long on this, to be honest. It's, uh, you know, it's just, I mean, what do you make of it all? From a Forest perspective, obviously, we, we are very biased and obviously we're, we're very, very anti-Derby. Um, it's, it's just, it's, it's a circus, isn't it? Yeah, it's insane. I mean, the amount of times we got laughed at, um, you know, it's absolutely insane. It says what's happening and you don't know what's coming next because, um, you know, at one point you think maybe is their manager going? It looks like he won't be now. Um, well, I don't know. Uh, Roberto Martins has turned down the Everton job tonight, apparently. So <laughs> who knows where Wayne Rooney could end up in the next uh, week and a half. But, I mean, that for Derby fans... Uh, would be the final final nail of the coffin in reality. Yeah, I mean, and you just don't know, you know, how many players are they going to need to sell? Is that dependent on, uh, you know, let's say Wayne Rooney does go, they'll get some compensation for that, you know. Um, do they have anything else they can do in terms of making sure they get that, what what will be around £7 million that they need to, to raise or, or something by the 1st of February? It's basically the AFL you know, going off the back of the fact that clubs have complained that they've rejected bids, which is rightly so when you're a club that's trying to uh, raise cash and you're in the situation that Derby are in, they should be being sensible, especially when the bids aren't bad bids, you know. They've not been awful. We're not talking, I mean, if anything, they've accepted what I think is a ridiculous bid um, of 30k for Shinny. But actually... Well, they're saying it's because he's... His contract is, is running out, yeah, but, you know, Figueredo's contract's running out, but I won't accept 30k. Um, you know, is it? Is... you ask me. Well, no. <laughs> but, <laughs> Joking, obviously, but, anyone has a go at me. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, so, I mean, it's just the the running of it is just insane. And, um, you know, I was saying to you, it's Saturday's interesting for so many reasons because of of the fact that, you know, to be fair to him, if you look at the league table, they've done, you know, I don't like to be complimentary, but they've done a very good job yeah. from the situation they got to to, to where they are now. Well, now, it's Steve's could... mentality, Tom, isn't it? I mean, mm. people keep saying to me at work, Derby are going to stay up, aren't they? Rooney's doing an unbelievable job. And you go, you know what? You kind of, even as a Forest fan, you have to say, fair play to them. They're having a, a really good crack at it to say where they, you know, the shambles at the start of the season, you know, they're, Points being taken off them on a Friday night before a home game. It, it's been shambolic from start to finish. It's just been one episode after another episode. But on the pitch, they're trying to make a fist of it. What I would say to that is it's siege mentality, isn't it? It's, it's you know, that is the motivation week in, week out. It's us against the world. It's us against the Football League. That's what their, that's what their whole team talk is. And that it's a free, let's be honest, it's a free shot. Because no one expects no one expected Derby to stay up at the at the start of the season, so they can go out there and they can play with no pressure and just throw everything at it. 
Now, you know, they are in a good run, the five unbeaten in the league. Um, but at some point, you know, if this, you know, if they have to sell a few players and results don't start to go, you can see this unraveling quite quickly for Derby as well. You know, it's great they've got hope at the minute, but, but you can see this dwindling away. And, you know, I was going to say to you, one of my questions was, is this week, this weekend for me, it's got a little bit of extra edge. It feels like you know Saturday could be it could be an interesting could be an interesting game could be a brilliant game on the pitch because I think it'll be both sides going for three points because there's no point in Derby coming to Forest and just sitting behind the ball and you know trying to nick a goal in there Derby will come to win and Forest will approach it in the way that Steve Cooper approaches every game in the stands I think it could be could be a tasty one. I mean, it's probably one of the tastiest uh, Forest Derby games for a while ever since. Billy Davies kicked Nigel Clough in the back of the leg. I think, you know, he had it coming. He had it coming. Uh, no, let's not talk too much. <laughs> no, he didn't have it coming. But, you know, I think it'll be one of the tastes for a while. Take away the occasion. You've got a team at the bottom of the table that is doing everything they can to claw, claw their way out of significant mess, um, regardless of what's going on off the pitch, which is even more of a, more of a significant mess. Um, and then you've got the other team, which is doing all they can to try and make sure that they are within the chasing pack of challenging for, for a top six place. So regardless of, of all the other stuff, it's it's a tasty affair. Then you add on the fact that Derby are in the mess that they're in and they, they could get relegated. Um, they have all this stuff happening off the pitch. Um, Forrester after one of their players... Um, they're trying to raise, raise and get everyone to put fivers in a bucket um, the week before this match. Um, yeah, I think it's this could be. You know, no one wants to lose this one. It's it's the one thing I have to say. A lot of people was it was on everyone's lips. You know, everyone was so happy after that win uh, on Saturday in the capital. But you know, the first thing everyone thought of was then. We're not, you know, we've got to win. We've got to win this this next one. Um, you know, it's the one that everyone wants. It's the one that everyone, you know, is jokingly saying they get the Brian Clough Trophy and they have it for years, even though they maybe go down to the National League or, or whatever. Obviously, we don't know what's happening, but, you know, that's the one thing no one wants. Forrester kept it this long and, and, and then they take it. And, and, you know, if they go bust, what happens then? Does it get melted down into um so it, yeah, it's a it's it's an interesting one, and I think it's going to be a, t- a tasty affair, and I think it's going to be a very tight affair, regardless of of what's happening at Derby and who's in their squad come come Saturday. I think it will be, I think it will be heated, and I think it will be tight. We like to talk about the opposition, don't we, in terms of where their strengths and weaknesses are and, and formations, etc. I've not bothered tonight because if I'm honest, I couldn't tell you what the Derby eleven is going to be on on Saturday. And I'm pretty confident Wayne Rooney hasn't got a clue what the Derby eleven is going to be on Saturday. So it, um, it will be an interesting game. I think Forrest will just... It'd be interesting. This is obviously Steve Cooper's uh, first first experience of Forrest Derby. It's at home. He, he, he will approach it differently, Tom. Really. He'll, he'll, be, he'll be measured. He'll, he'll set the team up to, to go about their business. He'll understand or try and understand the strengths that Derby have. But he'll be looking about how, how Forest can exploit it, and you know, Forest at home, you've got to say they found the formation now, they in terms of the way they approached the last couple of games in terms of three at the back, trying to get Spence and Colback probably on that left hand side forward. And it'll be interesting to see which which forwards he goes for in terms of obviously Graben and Davis obviously started at the weekend against Millwall. Does he go again? But it'll be a positive approach, and I just think right from the off. This is this is going to be a really really good game. It's not. It, it's shaping up to be a better game than we thought it might be uh, a few weeks ago. And um, everything off the pitch, I think he's just he's just really adding to it. So yeah, it could be it could be a tasty one. Give us a score prediction then. Um, oh yeah, I think you know regardless, yeah, Steve Cooper's gonna gonna you know. I, I know you say he's gonna stay calm. I think he really will want Forrest to go for it. And I think he'll love it. If if Forest win, and one thing I will say is that not being our obviously I was chuffed with with the performance and the win against Millwall. In this game, 
they can't leave, you know, they've got to kind of almost approach it similar to, to Arsenal in some respects in that they have to make sure that they are on it right from the very beginning and there's no chances taken at all and they don't think that they can just roll Derby over and that they also don't think that um, they can leave leave anything on there in terms of, um, you know, not giving 100% throughout the whole 90. I think, you know, this will be so tight and be such a battle, a bigger battle than, than against Millwall away. Um, they will have to give 100%. I think score prediction, I'm going to go for um, 2-1 Forest. Uh, but I, I think it's going to be very, very tight. I think it could go right right to the end as well. You know, we know that, that Forest likes some some late winners. I think this, this has got late for for anyone all over it. 2-0 Forest, but I'm going to go for two goals in the last 15 minutes. I think the I think Forest will it'll be it will be it'll be a tight affair. I think you'll say it'll be end to end both sides will have chances, but I think Forest will, will edge it towards the, the latter latter stages of the match. I'm going I'm going 2-0 Forest and uh yeah, I just I'm, I'm really looking forward to this one. It's only Monday night. And I'm already buzzing. So um, yeah, fingers crossed. Nice early train for us. I'm going to be up. I'm going to be up and out. My I'm, I'm going to leave home at half five on uh, a Saturday morning. So um, yeah, fingers crossed. Eh? Um, let, right, let's wrap it up there. Let's leave it there. Um, as always, you can email us at timeaddedonpod at outlook.com with any feedback. Or give us a follow on Twitter at timeaddedonpod or give our sites a read timeaddedonpod com forward slash home. Right, fingers crossed. We will see you next week for hopefully us discussing a wonderful Forest victory. Um, but fingers crossed. You read. <laughs>